Hi, and welcome to The Badass Moms, where we moms learn to achieve fitness and health goals despite being sleep-deprived and overworked. Here's your host, Nicole, the super busy mommy coach. Hello and welcome to Badass Moms brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. I'm Nicole Cruz, super busy mommy coach. I I thought he wanted to say hi. Did you want to say hi? Yes. Hi. Hello. <laughs> and now you can go play, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he did his job. He did, his, he did his job. He was really excited for that. He's been asking me about it for like 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, so Nicole Cruz here, Super Busy Mommy Coach. Um, I am so happy to have Sifu Greg Pichardo here with me today. Um, before I start talking with him, though, I want to remind you that I still have one spot left for one-on-one coaching. And so if any of you are interested, these pop up every now and then because I take on a very limited number of one-on-one clients. Uh, Shoot me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Super Busy Mommy Coach, and I will tell you what you need to do to apply. So anyway... I am honored to be joined by Sifu Greg Pichardo. Sifu Greg has been training in the martial arts for 47 years and has a direct lineage to the legendary Bruce Lee in the art of Jeet Kune Do. He's also the leading authority in the art of Silat in America. He's the official trainer for the U.S. Navy SEALs, and Sifu Greg continues to have the honor and privilege of training groups such as the NYPD, ATF, FBI, U.S. Marines, Air Marshals, Homeland Security Team, as well as average people who love martial arts. So pretty much when the badasses of the badasses need to learn martial arts, they go to Sifu Greg. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Seven years. Um, so first of all, it looks like you must have started in the womb. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so kind. You're so kind. I mean, I did start young, you know, as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been doing it, you know, really all my life. It's just been part of my life. You know, uh, it's been my passion. It's like a part of who you are at this point. Oh, absolutely. You, I really can't separate it. That's the thing that sometimes people don't understand. You know, it, it, it's, it's not a hobby. It's, it's part of who you are. You can't separate. And guys that are martial artists understand what I'm saying. You just, you can't separate the two. And you live your life as a martial artist. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the, the, sometimes people will ask me, you know, do you ever use martial arts? And I go, yeah. Every day, <laughs> every day, every when you're dealing with people, when you're dealing with just with life in general, using philosophies and strategies that you do in combat, you're using it in just regular daily life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've heard other martial artists say the same thing. Um, for the sake of the audience, I've actually known Sifu Greg um, since I had the gym. Some of you know my backstory. I had a gym with my son's father and. Um, it was a lot of people don't know that it wasn't just a gym. It was also a dojo. And so there was a huge martial arts side to it, heavy bags and martial arts classes and mats and grappling and everything. And Sifu Greg would come and do these workshops, which is how I, which is how I had the pleasure of meeting you. And what really struck me 
the most and why I have a martial artist on a podcast called Badass Moms, who is not a mom, um, but why I brought this topic onto the show is because what struck me about C-Lot is the fact that it's a style that's designed to give people an advantage against bigger and stronger attackers. And we'll get all into that later, but so you've been doing this your whole life. It literally rewires your brain. And I've heard other martial artists say the same thing. It literally affects the way you think about everyday life. It affects the way you perceive the world. I mean, in certain situations, it affects the speed at which you perceive the world. And so give me an idea. You know, a lot of kids start off with hobbies and most of them don't like stick with it and make it a lifestyle like you did. So why do you think for you, it became such a central part of who you are? I I mean, there's the part of the art, uh, because really when you talk about martial art, there's there's, uh, the martial is the fighting side, the hitting, but the, the, the art is also very fascinating. So as you start learning these systems, you also start learning culture as well. So you take a, an art like Silat, which is from Indonesia. Now, you know, I'm a guy that grew up in Queens, New York. I mean, what do I know about Indonesia? <laughs> Nothing. So all of a sudden, I get exposed, and they say there's a martial art out there from originated from Indonesia. I'm like, I never heard of it. So as I started to study, then I started studying why did they come up with this? So then it kind of pulls you into their culture, their lifestyle, and it becomes fascinating. And that's another thing about martial arts, the the whole process of learning. And and I've had students literally come to me and I'll tell them, look, there's a good book to read on martial arts, blah, blah, blah. And they'll go out and buy it and then they'll read it. And then all of a sudden what they find themselves doing is reading other books. That doesn't have to do with martial arts because what it is becomes this addicting feeling of wanting knowledge. So at first it's just martial arts and you start wanting to accumulate that. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, I want to know about, you know, about cooking, about travel, about, you know, other types of history, you know, uh, the pyramids, I mean, everything. So you just start absorbing knowledge, which is, which is awesome. Especially as when you're young as a kid. That's really fantastic because then it gives you that curiosity. How does how do things work? Where did it come from? And 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 you and it kind of hooks you in, and, that, and that's what kind of hooked me in. So, and then also the whole uh, thing about Bruce Lee. You know, when I grew up, you know, Bruce Lee was everything. You know, and, and so I, he was my hero. So I started following him, never thinking that one day I would be studying his art, and meeting his family, being able to train with his students. That was like, I mean, a dream. And I realized, you know, sometimes dreams do come true, you know, but what it is, is you just keep on uh, going after your dream, uh, not knowing where it's going to lead me. And then, you know, one day I'm standing in front of uh, Bruce Lee's uh, widow and she's talking to me. And we're having a conversation, which is something as a little kid would have never, never imagined it would happen. So that's kind of what kind of hooks you in. And uh, and the the art itself is constantly giving. You know, I I still learn every day. You know, I, I, I learn more about the system every day. Um, so it keeps you interested. It's not boring. I love that. I mean, I can totally see why 
I can totally see how it's a part of who you are. And the link you made to culture is fascinating. I mean, martial arts is pretty much universal. You know, fighting is like we don't like to think about it because in our culture we we don't like violence we try to avoid violence but you know fighting is a unit like every culture every time in history has some has warriors of some we call them soldiers but every culture has has warriors of some type and you know, there's a style, there's a way that they fight. And it's just, you know, what you said, how it gets into the rest of the culture and how the culture informs the way the style is, is just fascinating. And, you know, I don't know if there are any (laughs) martial arts nerds who are going to be listening to this. It's a mom's podcast, but let's briefly indulge that a little bit more. And then let's get into how this relates to moms and families. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You you know, it's, when you start really looking at it, I mean, also martial art is uh, a lot of the systems are very close to religion, too. So you see that connection of religion. So you have this whole different dynamic. So it, it's it's such a, besides just understanding the people and, and uh, the reason why they do what they do, e- even what they wear, mm-hmm. um, the clothing, like, uh, I know I've, I've talked to you about uh, the sarong in, in Indonesia, you know, which looks just like a dress. And, you know, most of the women understand what a sarong is when they go to the beach. You know, they tie a sarong around their waist. But the reality is uh, in Indonesia, the men wear sarongs. And probably most, if you look at the world, more men put on a dress than pants. Because if you look at India, you look at Indonesia, you look at uh, Scotland, you look at all these places where they will will put on a dress or something that looks like a dress. So, which is interesting because at first, you know, you know, growing up in America, you know, you, you, guys tend to think of dress as for a woman. But when you start going to to China and you see these guys wearing a thing that's basically would be a dress here. And uh, it's it's just the natural culture. So then you kind of open up to things. You kind of go, okay, you know, uh, that's interesting. Uh, food as well. You start looking at food and you go, you know what? Uh, I, I never had Thai food. And all of a sudden you go, well, you know, my teacher, you know, came from Thailand. And he told me about Thai food. So, you know what? There's a Thai food restaurant let's let's go try it out and he would tell me look this is the stuff you need to try now i'm exposed to something that i probably would have never been exposed to so that's another you know these are like these little benefits you get out of just training in martial arts besides the people you meet which is which is really cool i got i've gotten to meet so many people through the years from from people from all different countries uh from all different walks of life i've i've trained professional athletes I've trained actors, you know, uh, besides, you know, leading surgeons and lawyers and the average person off the street. I mean, it's really, really, you'd be surprised. You look at a classroom full of people and and you'll have, you know, a a doctor training with, you know, a garbage man, you know, or you know, a police officer training with uh, a grocery worker, you know, and they all get along as family, which is, which is just awesome. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and usually when, when you join these schools, it is a family. And you see the, the bond you get. So you, you really start having this extended family, which you never know where, where it can lead to uh, lifelong friendships, um, and, uh, business opportunities. I mean, all that stuff. So it's, it's really, really awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. And when you bond with people over a passion, all of that surface level stuff just becomes completely irrelevant. You know, like you're bonding at a, such a such a deep level that, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what language you speak. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like none of that even, you know, it doesn't matter what you what your job is. It doesn't matter how much money you have, race, what you look like. It's like you bond at that level and that just transcends everything. You know, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, because it is so universal, it's like literally can bring people together. I I would imagine when you've traveled to these places, you probably felt instant bonds with people halfway across the world. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll give a good example. I had a student, uh, she was, she was trained to train with me since she was a teenager. And then uh, she graduated high school and she was going into college, but she wanted to go away. So she wanted to go to Italy and she went actually by herself. Mm. But this is the cool thing is uh, we're, we're part of this big family. So we have our brothers in Italy. So she went over there. She walks in and says, look, you know, I train with, with Greg in New York and, uh, and then, Oh, your family. So they took her in, they took care of her. They made sure she wasn't alone. They took her out to eat. They showed her the sites. It was like, they had their own, per- she had her own personal, you know, tour guide, which is like, you, you can't buy that. You know, it's, it's incredible. So you have that, that you have this bond with people, you know, I, I know some of my guys will go out to California. There's a, there's a, there's a school out there with our guys go to Italy, go to Germany, uh, wherever you go, there's someone there. So it's, it's, it's this really big, awesome family and, uh, they treat you really good. It's, it's awesome. That's incredible. I love it. Um, okay. So most of the martial arts schools that I've seen, um, have mostly men or boys, depending on what ages they serve, mostly men and boys. Um, there are women, you know, and especially there's a, a growing interest in women in MMA, but, you know, like a lot of times people don't think of it as a, as a girl's kind of thing, as a female thing. But meanwhile, there is this style that literally can give a woman, if she knows it well, can give her an advantage over a larger attacker who's Un, untrained or less trained yeah Can you explain it <laughs> yeah because uh, it, it, it really becomes uh like if if you, if anyone gets a chance to watch my videos and you, you you'll see me throwing around people and at times it looked pretty much effortless and it pretty much is because what i'm doing is i'm working with uh physics you know i'm looking at uh balance I'm looking at uh, levers and, and uh, weak points. So that's what I'm attacking. And so I don't need a lot of force. Because if, if you're studying, if, if you want to learn how to, 
had a fight or protect yourself and you're relying on strength to overcome your opponent. Well, I always say there's always somebody bigger. There's always somebody stronger. And I don't care how big you are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I experienced that when I, when I taught professional football players, I didn't think people can be that big. <laughs> if you ever meet a real professional football player, a linebacker, you're talking about, you know, six, seven, you know, 300 pounds. Yeah, they're, they're a doorway, <laughs> you know, they're that big. <laughs> so if I'm not, I'm an average size guy, if I relied on my strength, there's no way in the world I can beat this guy. So I have to find a way to beat him. So I have to look at, you know, uh, where his balance is, where maybe his, how his joints are. You know, can I maybe hit a, a joint? Maybe uh, it'll be weak. It'll collapse him. Um, poking the eye, hitting the groin, all those other things too. So I'm looking at all the weak points, all the leverage, all, all, all the physics of uh, of fighting. And that's, that's the thing. It's pretty much a scientific way of fighting, mm-hmm. but uh, you want it that way. When I train my guys, I tell them, if you're using force, eh, you're doing it incorrectly. It should be pretty much effortless, which is a great feeling when you're able to take a big guy and literally just move slightly and you see the guy fall, you know, that gives you a tremendous amount of confidence. You know, you, you don't, you don't feel weak. You don't feel vulnerable. To be honest with you, you walk differently after that Mm -hmm. because now you feel, you know what? I can take care of myself if I have to. And the funny thing is once you get that confidence, and this is the, the main thing about having confidence is it, you walk differently. People can perceive it differently. So when you're walking down the street, you don't, a person will look at you and they go, ooh, there's something about this person. Doesn't seem like an easy target. And there's a chance that they'll bypass you and maybe go to someone else. That's the whole idea about being confident. You know, people see it. People feel it. You act differently. Even if you don't realize you are, you are. You walk a little straighter. You, you don't walk with your head down. You're more, obviously, you're going to be more alert by, by training in the art. Mm-hmm. You know, this is an important thing when, when, when you do train. There's two ways of training. When I can, I can teach someone, you know, in a half hour, I can teach them some moves that they can do today, immediately. You know. I don't consider you a martial artist. I don't consider you a fighter. I'm kind of, in a way, I'm kind of showing you little tricks, you know, like a poke in the eye or, or a stomp or a kick to the groin or something like that. Yeah, that's kind of a temporary thing, you know, and it might help you to escape. But if you want to learn how to really handle yourself, then you got to put the time in. So that's the difference. So you have to know when you go to a women's self-defense class, it's great because it's, it's it's giving you education, but don't perceive it as now you can go out and go into the go into the ring and fight an MMA. You know there is a difference. So, uh, but I I think every every woman for sure can do martial arts. I don't care how old you are. I had uh, one of my students. She was not a young woman, and she hung in there and she pounded it out with the best of them so you you don't don't sell yourself short uh women 
I know women are tremendously strong and uh, emotionally and you are physically. And especially when you start learning how to use your body weight, using leverage, uh, you're stronger than you possibly can imagine. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, you hit on so many gems that I want to elaborate on. So the first thing, like you, you mentioned literally using like using levers, using force. And so you're pretty much using your opponent's force and weight against them. At times. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Once, once I, I touch you, you know, it could be my hands. It could be my body. Once we have an attachment, my body starts calculating. It calculates my balance, but it's also calculating your balance. Yeah. So all of a sudden, when we come together, we'll like let's say we come together like this, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling your balance. So if we're like this, we're equal. But if I come in and I go like that, see, I'm slightly forward and you're slightly going back. So I know I have an advantage because for you to get back to neutral, you're going to have to push me back, mm. which you need more force to push me back than if you were here starting at neutral. So that's the whole thing is, you know, basically when I come in, I make sure when I come in, things are like that. Mm. So from there, you're starting to fight, not so much me, you're starting to fight gravity. Mm. And I'm going to keep on pressuring it and give more pressure, more pressure. And you're still trying not to fall, not hitting me, not caring about hurting me. You're caring about falling. So all of a sudden, the fight has changed. And that's the whole basic premise that we're thinking about is when I go in, I don't want you thinking about me anymore. I want you to think about, I don't want to fall. And once you get, once I get you there, now I just have to use, uh, push you here, push you there, sweep your foot, and you're down. Not hard at all when you start learning how to do it. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. And, you know, it sounds... It sounds more mental than physical in some ways. How do you experience it when you're actually doing it? Well, it, there's a point, like in the beginning, uh, I tell people there's a lot of thinking, you know, because it's something new, like anything you do. There's, you have to think about it. You have to, you're going to make your mistakes, you know. And then after a while, there's going to be a point that there's no more thought. Uh, some people in martial arts go, no mind. You have no mind. You're not thinking anymore. Mm -hmm. So what happens is your body just starts reacting. You know, when you think about uh, what does that mean that my body's just going to react? Well, think about you walking. When you really think about walking, it's one of the hardest things a human does. Yeah. Watch. You, remember when your son was learning how to walk? How <laughs> hard was that? Uh -huh. He was just falling and falling and falling and falling. You know, but he was persistent, right? So. After a while, you learn how to walk. Now, when you walk, you're not thinking, okay, right, left, right, left. You're not thinking heel, toe, heel. No, you're not thinking of, oh, go to left, go to right. No, your body automatically catches and, and it balances you as you're going and you walk straight as an arrow. And guess what? Even if you trip, what happens? You trip, you catch your step. And if you're really good, you start running or hopping. Skipping. Whoa, you're really talented, right? <laughs> but it's just something that you've learned how to master and there's no more thought. So eventually what you want to do is you have these skills 
and then it becomes no thought because thought takes time. So if I have a sensation on my hand, use your sensation will travel up to my brain and send the signal to back to my hand. But when you think about it, that takes time. For an example, if you accidentally put your hand on a hot stove, your first reaction is not to look and go, ow, and pull away. Your first reaction is to pull away and then look. Mm -hmm. Your reflex took over. Your reaction to protect yourself took over. That's eventually what would happen. Your body will take over. Mm. And a lot of times before the actual technique is applied, you will react. I say uh, with every, every attack or technique, there's a before, a during, and an after. You know, when a person's about to go at you to escape it, to counter it, it's easy. During, well, so let's say if he's going to go choke you, I could just hit his hands away and he's not choking me. Once his hands start placing around my throat, okay, a little more, a little more difficult, I can still get out of it. But it just becomes a little more difficult. Now, if he's starting to starting to squeeze, now I start kind of passing out. Now it becomes quite difficult. Still, maybe can get out of it, but a little bit more. Yeah, there's a point of no return. But the thing is, as you train, as you get familiar, and that's the thing is really getting familiar with things. You know, I, I, I use like movies as an example. You know, you, you see a guy in a movie, he's like this, and he's like walking towards someone, and the person just sits there and goes, ah, they just stay there, and they wait to get choked. You know, it's like, run, <laughs> go do something. But what really happens is the, sometimes your body goes into a kind of like confusion. You're not sure what's happening. And I'll give you another good example. Uh, uh, one of my students sprang uh, this video of street fights. And he showed me these three guys uh, standing in front of one guy. And the one guy punches the first guy. He goes down. He punches the second guy. He goes down. He punches the third guy. He goes down. So you go, okay. The first guy, okay, didn't see it coming. The second guy was surprised. But you figure the third guy should have figured it out by then, right? <laughs> but there's a point that happens is you see something, you go, huh, what is that? What? And you're trying to figure out, and that's what happens. Sometimes if you're standing and somebody goes to grab you, your mind starts going into this, am I being attacked? Mm -hmm. is, is this for real? Is this, you know, so you kind of like get stiff, kind of, uh, kind of freeze. You get that moment that you're kind of freezing. But when you train, what happens is, the, the hands kick in without you thinking, even though you, you might be going, oh, what's happening? And you, and you you find yourself just knocking the person down and going, oh, he was attacking me. You know, <laughs> that's what you want. You want yeah. that, oh, oh, sorry. You know, that type of thing. So that's the whole idea about training and, and, and just educating yourself, just understanding that this is an attack and not sitting there going, whoa, what's happening? Mm -hmm. You know, so any little thing you can do uh, it, it, it can literally, it can save your life, it can save your life.
Yeah, I mean, that's such a good point about the difference in reaction time. If it is a reflex versus not, that difference can be what saves you, literally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And you also touched on something else really important. You know, being effective at this allows you to feel safe in the world. You know, like, and how many people are taught, especially women are taught, to fear people around them, right? You know, yeah. like if you're if you're a man, I don't care how small you are, I'm sure nobody's told you, oh, I don't know if you should really go out that late by yourself. Why don't you let this bigger guy come with you? But women exactly. are told that all the time. Women are told you're a victim, you're a victim, you're an easy target, you're an easy target their entire lives. And fear is drilled into women. And, you know, you can choose to, like, whether you believe it or reject it is, isn't even the point. The point is, if you are, if you are fearful, if you, whether you have a reason to fear, whether it's just been drilled into you, whatever it is, this can take away that fear. I mean, that's huge. Imagine being able to live your life feeling like if I have to, you know, take a train home by myself at four o'clock in the morning, I feel okay with that. I'm not, I don't feel like I have to, you know, protect myself because like you said, that body language of, you know, trying to protect, clutching your stuff, looking around nervously makes you, it can make you look like an easy target and therefore actually increase your chances of being attacked. So this this is literally life changing on so many levels internally not feeling the fear in a in a very real sense appearing less like a target because of the way you carry yourself I mean that's incredible Yeah yeah it, it's it's powerful it's really powerful you know I've seen and I've seen students the transformation that I'll see in in, in a student it's it's incredible because you'll see the person is shy. The person is introverted. And once they just start learning and because it, it's like something, this extra little, it's almost like being like a superhero, you know, but under the clothes, you have, you have the cape and stuff and you know, it. but even though they don't know it, you do. So you sit there and you go, yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. And, and I'm telling you, and you come out and, and, and you're not afraid of doing other things too. Like, for example, I mean, when I, when I was young, I mean, I had a fear of, of, of public speaking. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, I mean, two people was a lot for me to speak in front of, you know? <laughs> and so, but what happens is this kind of bring it out of me, you know? So all of a sudden, you know, I, I started speaking in front of a few people, then in front of a, a class. And then I found myself, uh, you know, doing events with, several hundred people there looking at me you know i got i got times that i'm I'm on television you know doing stuff and speaking with a big camera in my face and you know and and i sat back and i go wow i never thought i would be here mm-hmm. but it's, it's really all the martial arts that's that, that that's done it you know it, i have to give it credit to 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 just training and learning and giving me this confidence that that i i don't have a problem going to to someone that I don't know, I don't have, I don't have a problem talking to like a boss, you know, uh, you know, and tell them exactly what I feel, 
you know, some people look at me like, whoa, I'm like, no, 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 this is the way it is. And this is what I believe. And this is it. You know, you don't like it. You know, you can fire me, whatever, you know, but, but you, you have that confidence and you go like, you, I'll take on the world, you know, after, after a really good class that you really rocked, you leave there and you feel like you're literally hovering over the floor, you know, cause you feel like, yeah, let someone come next to me. I feel so <laughs> sorry for them because I'm taking them. Up. And that's how you feel. And that's the way everyone feels. It's just, it, cause you know, you even if you just go to the gym, even the gym, like after you come out of the gym, you might be tired, but you, you, you're pumped, mm-hmm. you feel good, mm-hmm. you know, but imagine you feel that pump too. And knowing you can defend yourself as well. Oh my God. It's like, I'm telling you, you feel like a superhero. You really do. You, you, you kind know, of you, take on the world. you know, that is kind of a superpower. Most people can't do that. You know, it's pretty yeah. incredible. Um, yeah. So there's, there's that aspect of it. Um, I wanted to ask you too, how does, could see a lot help people who have a physical disability to be able to defend themselves? That's actually a great question. Like, uh, actually, like uh, going back the history of Sealot, one of the teachers, uh, the, I, I'm not sure if it's exactly true because it's could be folklore, but supposedly the person that one of the styles that I've trained in, the guy had a club foot and had like half an arm, and he was able to fight with it. Wow. And that's the cool thing about what I do and the way I teach. Because I, I have guys come to me, again, all walks of life, but also they come in with different injuries. So I'll have a guy go, look, I have a bum knee. I messed it up, and, you know, playing football in college, whatever. Or somebody has a bad shoulder or somebody has some kind of real physical. I've had people that th- their eyesight isn't that good. They're, they're, they're kind of legally blind and, or, 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 or any other things. I can tailor things. You can tailor it to fit you. So it, it's like we, we joke around and we go, you know, uh, you know, if I have a jacket, you know, I have a, 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 a 42 jacket. It might fit me, but it might not fit you. So what do we have to do? We have to take it in a little bit for you. Maybe my friend over here, well, we're going to have to let it out a little bit, but it's still okay. So what we do is we'll find a way. So it's, because some people, you know what? Some people are really strong. Some people, not so much. Some people are really flexible. Other people, not so much. So what you do is you, we just find the way you're comfortable. Because I'm going to show you, let's say there's a certain attack. I'll show you 10 different ways to defend it. Why 10? Because you might like five and I might like the other five. And if it works for you, it's correct for you. And then the other ones work for me, it's correct for me. So there's no, no, you're wrong. No, this is what I like. This feels good to me. I can perform it. I can't kick high. So I'm going to, oh boy, I'm going to give you such a kick in the shin that you're going to be thinking about me for for a while. (laughs) And that's fine. And that's fine. So it doesn't matter. I mean, I've, I've taught guys sitting down in a chair how to fight in the chair so if you're in a wheelchair yeah you can fight or if you're just sitting down at the desk you can fight 
You know, we, we talk about <coughs> environmental training. So we'll try to set up scenarios. Oh, if I'm sitting in a car, if I'm sitting on the subway, if I'm standing in a corner, if I'm in a doorway, if me, I'm there. So you get an idea of, again, to build that confidence that, okay, I'm sitting at my desk, somebody starts attacking me, or I'm on the subway, I'm sitting down. I can still do some stuff. I can still take the guy down. I can still protect myself. I can still escape, right? We've talked in the past about the main thing or really when you're, when you're being attacked is to escape, mm-hmm. you know, three words, escape, escape, escape. That's all we all want. I don't, <clears throat> I personally can take care of myself. I don't want to fight. I never want to fight. <laughs> and if I have an opportunity to get out of the situation before anything happens, I will do it. Now, sometimes we all have our moments. <laughs> we have our tempers. But I try to control myself the best I can. And when you kind of have an ability to defend yourself, it's kind of easier actually to walk away, believe it or not, because you don't have anything to prove. A lot of times, a lot of times people get into fights. Really, it's to prove to someone and it's usually to themselves. I want to prove to myself that I'm not afraid of that guy that I can beat him up. Ego. But the reality is, I don't need to prove it. I know I can. So you want the parking spot? Go right ahead. Take the parking spot. I'll take another one. Or you want to get in front of the line? Sure. You know, <laughs> you want the last muffin? Yeah, go ahead. Not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, it's that confidence that you feel good about yourself. Yeah, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and I mean, you you also, you know, you touched on um, the fact that this involves training, right? So these, you know, like women's self-defense can sometimes, you know, like give a false sense of security. Yeah. There's no way a one hour class can adequately prepare you to handle an attacker. You know, it maybe it can help slightly, but it is not even that much. But, you know, what you said, escape, escape, escape. Like there are certain tips and we've talked about this before. So I'd love for you to share them. There are certain tips that you're able to just give now in this podcast conversation that can help people to avoid being attacked or to avoid a situation or get out of it more quickly. So you want to share some of those? I mean, first of all, you have to start understanding. your distance. That's the, 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 like I tell people, first thing you should, when it comes to self-defense, the first thing you should do, learn how to run. Running is the best defense. <laughs> and if you're not a runner, run at least a little bit so you can get away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can run a block, that's fine. But also you want to understand distance. Basically where you are compared to someone else. If I'm too close to a person, a person can grab me very easily. Distance is our friend. So the more distance I have from someone, the person has to move more toward me. Once I see that movement, I can escape. I have a better shot of escaping from there. If the person's really close on top of me, yeah, he just has to just put his hands on me and he got me. So if I can keep some distance, and sometimes it's a simple thing of just putting your hand out like this, 
you know, so, you know, sometimes you have this with your hands up. I tell guys, even if you're in a confrontation, you know, and you're talking, make believe you're a person that talks with their hands. Oh, please. You know, because having your hands up is protecting you. Because if they throw a punch or try to grab you, these are in the way. So just having your hands up is a big thing. You could be rubbing your hands. You can be touching your face. You can just have them up. You, you, you can just have them out like that. And also what it does is also creating a, a, a distance between you and your opponent. And you know if that person touches your hand, now they're invading your space, right? Another thing is uh, understand what you feel. Like a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll go to a student and I'll go get really in their face and I'll ask them, how does that feel? And they go, it feels really uncomfortable. <laughs> and they feel butterflies and the like. And, and I'm going, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And I'm a friend. Could you imagine someone you don't know invading your space like that? Yeah, it feels really uncomfortable. But don't suppress that feeling. Understand it. Feel it. And know that it's telling you, okay, we need to make some distance, back off, feel a little more safer. Because your body's telling you, we're not safe right now. And sometimes we, we, we want to not be rude. and Sometimes, yeah, be rude. You know, sometimes people might think you're a little crazy. You know, let them think you're a little crazy. You know, people want to, they, they don't want to mess around with people that are crazy anyway. So let them <laughs> think you're a little nutsy, you know? Oh, man, gosh, he's nuts. Good. Yeah, I'm nuts. I'm crazy. You know, you want that. So you want to keep that distance. You want to understand your environment, right? Um, let me see what else. Um, yeah, so that's like the, the first thing I always tell someone. Watch your distance. Watch where your hands are. Look at them as well. Look where their hands are. You know, what are they doing? Are their hands in their pocket? You know, when, I, when I'm talking to guys in law enforcement, you know, the main thing is those hands in the pocket. You know, right away, you know, and, 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 and you'll see that police officers right away, get your hands out of your pocket, please. Get your hands out. Because they don't know there's a gun, there's a knife, there's, who knows what's in there. So you're watching the guy, you know, sometimes I, I train my guys. If, if all of a sudden the guy has his hands and he puts one behind them, I go, he's going for a weapon. So you, you approach it that the weapon is coming. Now, might not be. He might be just scratching his butt, you know. And if that's <laughs> the case, okay, well, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to take that chance because if, if there's a knife coming out and my God, it's like on the news every day now. Uh, there's there's a knife stabbing. I just twenty minutes ago there, there was a a kid was on a bike or whatever, and and a guy just started stabbing. It is insane. Yeah. So yeah. So to learn, you know, especially like a weapon like a knife, and this is the thing is, you know, we're afraid of a gun. Obviously, you know, it could take your life, but sometimes I'm more afraid of a knife. Because the reality with a knife is everyone has one, right? I could just go, I'll be right back. I go into my kitchen and I have plenty of them. So everybody has a, has a way to get them. They're easy to conceal. And a knife or a bladed weapon could be, you know, a big butcher knife. It also could be a box cutter. It could be just a razor blade, you know. It could be a piece of glass. Even a piece of wood can cut you. You know, I have a plastic knife. 
that is just as sharp as a real knife. So to me, that is probably a little bit more scary because I can't see it right away. A gun, usually they have to take it out. They show it to you and they point it to you. The knife, you might never see it till it's too late. Mm. So as, as a knife fighter, and I always tell guys, you know, to really understand how to defend against a knife, you kind of have to be a knife fighter or at least understand how the knife works so you can defend against it. So these are important things. Again, it's, it's the familiarity of, of, of fighting, of a weapon, of, of an attack of some sort. So your body reacts, sees, oh, a knife is coming. Even if it's not coming, if you see something in the hand oh, boom, and you, you attack it like it's a knife, mm-hmm. real, real important. Hmm. Hope that answered your question. Yeah, totally. So getting into, you know, weapons that are easy to find, there are things that can be used as a weapon that are not usually used as weapons. And I know you have some creative ideas around that. So let's share those. Yeah. So, so remember I talked about that sarong, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, just a piece of material Mm -hmm. and we use it to actually put it in our hands and we will tie a person's arms up with it. We'll choke them with it. We'll slap them in the face with it. We'll throw it at them in the face. But the, we can use a towel. We can use a belt. We can use a T-shirt. We can use a hoodie. Uh, I can take a T-shirt, wrap it around my hands, and it's I can wrap your throat. You know, I can I can wrap your legs or your arms. Uh, but but we can use really anything. You know, uh, in the Philippines what they do is sometimes they take off their shoes and they put it on their hands. Mm. So if that person might've had a knife, they'll put their shoes on their hand and they'll fight with the shoes on their hand. So instead of them smacking you, not, no, they're hitting you in the face with their shoe. Wow. So now it's a whole different, different weapon there. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, a lot of people know about keys, you know, keys are really good. Uh, you know, sometimes you throw the keys, but some people go, well, I don't want to lose my keys. Okay. <laughs> You know, I get that too, you know, mm-hmm. but you know what? You can, you can put things in your pocket like pennies. Pennies are really good. You know, have like 20 pennies in your hand. And all of a sudden, if somebody goes at you, take those pennies and throw it into their face. I don't care who it is. They are going to react. Pennies hurt. <laughs> but if you don't have pennies, pick up some sand, pick up some rocks, anything you can throw into the face just so you can get away. So anything, really, you look around your house, anything is a weapon. Actually, you know, uh, I I tell my guys, if you take a newspaper, which not too many people read newspapers nowadays, but a newspaper back in the day, if you rolled it up a certain way, you can actually break a board with it. Wow. So now you have, or magazine. So now if you roll up the magazine, you're walking with it, yeah, no one thinks you have a weapon, but I'm going to use that to hit you and to get your way. Maybe you have an umbrella to use that as well. Mm-hmm. Your purse. If you, if you have things in your purse, you have, a, you have a brush, comb, whatever it is. You know, there's so many things when you stop, you can get really creative, mm-hmm. you know, and say, look, what do I have around? What do I carry? Maybe there's something. Um, I've, I've heard guys taking credit cards and using credit cards to, to actually slice a person with it, like a blade. Wow. So 
<laughs> the, the, yeah. So guys can get very, very creative. So you guys so out there have to get very, very creative. <laughs> yeah. So just, just take some time. Just look around your house and go, Hmm, can I use that as a web? Hmm, can I use that as a web? You'll be surprised. You can use a lot of things. Yeah. So what happens is if someone, God forbid, comes into your house, everything you have, just throw it at them. You know, whatever you can use, you know, pots, pans, forks, spoons, whatever. You use whatever you can to defend yourself. That's the bottom line. So once you start looking at that, you go, wow. And so now you walk around and when you think about it, you can just, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to my car. Well, let me grab this. Let me grab that. Just in case you have it in your hand, you know, pencil, pen, you know, uh, I, you know, if I had a pen, you know, there's certain places I can stick a pen that is tremendously painful. You know, I, I joke around uh, with my students once in a while. And I'll have like a, one of those little Sharpies and I'll go and I'll ask to demonstrate with them. And, and they know already <laughs> that I'm about to stick this in places that are very uncomfortable. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're like, no, 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 no. oh my God, no. <laughs> so now, you know, I mean, when you think about it, if you had a Sharpie, you go to somebody, hey, stand back. Don't make me use this on you. You know, <laughs> guys going to go, what are you going to draw me a, a, a bad picture you know, or something? Yeah. You know, no. You could stick that in the throat. You could stick that in the arm. I mean, and you're going to create a pain so you can escape or you can do whatever, you know. So, yeah, you can get pretty creative when it comes to weapons. One minute. Yeah. <laughs> One minute, buddy. I'll tell you when it's done. <laughs> COVID life. Uh, actually, this was this was my life even before. So now it, it's just kind of nice because everyone's like that. I'm like, oh, I feel normal now. <laughs> People know he's been in my videos and popping in and video bombing me and interrupting podcasts forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So real quick for people who are interested now, you've sold them like, that's it. I want to check out martial arts for myself. I want to maybe get my kids into martial arts. How do you, what tips do you have for finding a school? All schools are different. You have to see what they might specialize in. Go to a school. Don't join a school because it's just convenient for you that it's down the block from you. Go sit in the class. Watch the way uh, the the instructor interacts with the students. If it, if it's for, if it's for you or for your child, see the, the the way they're responding. Then go. Come back a second day. You know, may you know? Don't take that first day. Maybe that maybe he had a great day, or maybe he had an off day. Both, both ways. You know, you go there, you sit, ask questions, ask tons of questions. It's okay. I owned the school. I didn't mind someone asking me questions. Ask them about, you know, how long they've been in business. Where did they train? Who do they train with? That's all legitimate questions. You're not being a pain. Don't, don't use price as to determine if, you, if you're going to put the kid in that school. Sometimes you can find a school that that's inexpensive that's very good but also you can find a place that's really expensive and not very good so you really have to do your homework don't be lazy on this because the benefits will, will definitely outweigh any hassle you have to go through i mean i've had guys 
literally come to my school several times researching and they would research other schools before they joined my school, which made me happy because then I knew that uh, they did their homework and they're happy to be with me. And it made me feel good because they chose me, you know, so you're not going to make a person feel bad. And if they do feel bad, you probably don't want to be there anyway. Mm. You know, so you want to do that. Um, If you could take a class or have your, your child take a class, a free class, do that. You know, see what, if it's for yourself, what do you want at, you know, are you a person that wants to get, you know, there might be somebody out there that wants to go into the ring and fight, right? Then you find a place that trains fighters. If you just want to go to a place that teaches some self-defense, okay, then you go, you go to a place like that. Because if, if you're going to want to learn some self-defense and they're teaching you how to fight in the ring, then you're throwing your money away and and you're going to be discouraged and you're not going to want to go and and you just wasted your time. So understand what you want, do your homework, research it. You know, you have the internet, you can really look up people like crazy on the internet. I like to tell people, go to the internet, look me up, do your research, find whatever you can about me and then come to me, Mm -hmm. you know, because then I know that if they're coming, they've been educated on what I do and I don't have to sell them, you know? So, you know, do, do basically do your homework. You, you, you won't, you won't regret it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you brought up a really good point about the difference between learning to fight for a ring and learning to fight for the streets. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, who are new to this don't necessarily get how significant a difference that is. It's huge. It's huge. Because when you really think about it, if you're training for the ring, you're becoming a professional athlete. But also, the the what the the skills you're learning is to fight someone, basically your weight. You know when you're fighting them. You know that it's probably not going to end in death. You know there's going to be a ref there, and there's rules. There's no weapons. It's only one guy. It's not multiple guys. But when you're learning self-defense, it's a whole different frame of mind. Now I'm worrying about because it's most likely going to be a surprise attack. I got up that morning not knowing it was going to happen. I don't know how big this guy is. Is he going to take out a weapon? Is his friends going to jump in? You know, all these the totally different factors. And there's a chance of death. Mm-hmm. So uh I know, yeah, I have to, if I'm in a ring, I don't, I really don't want to hurt the guy. I just want to win the match. And they're not going to try to gouge out your eyes. Like there are literally rules against how and what kind of maneuvers they can use. And so if you're not used to it, you won't be prepared. Because, you know, I'll get some guys that train in sport and they'll go, well, you know, I can adapt. No. Remember we were talking about reflexes and stuff. Mm -hmm. The way you train is the way you fight. That's it. Because when you're under stress, you're going to just, only the natural stuff that you've been training is going to come out. You're not going to be able to think about all these intricate stuff or or changing something. No, the way you were trained, it's just going to come out. So if you're you're trained to take a guy and, you know, try to, 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 to put him in a hold that he gives up compared to taking someone and disabling him so you can get away, Totally different mentalities. Totally. 
So you have to know the difference because you either one, if you mistake them, uh, can 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 hurt you really bad. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for that. That's that's all good advice. Um, and so for people, you know, they might want to find their schools, but they also might want to learn from you. I know you have a lot of stuff on YouTube. So can you give people an idea of where they can find you? Well, you can go to my website, which is Greg Pichardo. That's uh, last name is P-I-C-H-A-R-D-O dot com. There's a website there. It shows, you know, upcoming seminars. I do travel. I travel all over this last year. I haven't traveled, mm-hmm. but I, I travel to all different states, different countries. I, I, I go everywhere and do seminars. Um, I also do private lessons. Uh, I do, you know, small groups as well. Uh, corporate lectures, whatever, whatever you need, I, I'll do. So uh, you can email me. You can find me on Facebook as well. Uh, I go under Seafood Greg Pichardo on Facebook. Um, and Instagram as well. Uh, so any of these, you can text me, message me, call me, text me, whatever, whatever you like, you know, if you have, just have questions, you know, I'll I'll answer your questions as well, you know, uh, and hopefully, yeah, get to train with some of you guys. And I guarantee you we'll, we'll, we'll have fun. You know, I try to make it, you know, even though it's a serious thing we're talking about, I, I do try to make it fun, you know? Uh, so we'll joke around, we'll laugh a little bit and while we learn some of this stuff. So, yeah. And that's one of the things I love about you. You're so accessible. I mean, like you are so high up in what you do and meanwhile, anyone can approach you. You literally make yourself accessible to everybody. You just want to like spread this. You just want to share this with anyone who has the passion and is willing to put in the work. And I really admire that about you. So I I can tell you guys firsthand when Sifu Greg says you can message him, you can message him. (laughs) Very, (laughs) yeah, you know, like very friendly. Like you're not going to get his publicist. Like he, he actually answers. Yeah. So that's yeah. No, thank you so much. I really, I, I really appreciate having you on. I think this is such an important conversation for everyone to hear and especially, you know, mothers or, you know, who, or, who are worried about their children or themselves who worry that they might be vulnerable, who have reason to be afraid in their life. You know, I, it's just, it's literally life-changing information. And so thank you so much for sharing it. Um, everybody look up Sifu Greg <laughs> and I really appreciate you being here. Oh, it was my pleasure. I had a great time. <laughs> and, and hopefully, you know, I helped someone, you know, Absolutely. And we'll be in touch. <laughs> and Absolutely. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Badass Moms podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, <laughs> I think I think my boss over there, my business partner is uh, cutting us off. But um, <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode, um, please leave a rating and review. It'll help other people to find this valuable information. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And of course, you can find me at Super Busy Mommy Coach on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and at Super Busy Mommy Coach. If you are looking for a holistic practitioner or if you are a holistic practitioner, make sure you check out the Holistic Therapies directory where you can either share with the world what you do or you can find the perfect practitioner for for your needs. They literally have every kind of holistic practitioner you could possibly imagine on that site. So again, thank you for listening to Badass Moms brought to you by the Holistic Therapies directory. We will see you in the next episode. Bye. Hmm.
You've been listening to Badass Moms. Join us again and get your badass on.